0: Genius Brain listeners, this podcast is brought to you by Hero Bread. Listen, I've talked about Hero Bread a million times over, and I'm telling you right now, they have some of the best guilt-free bread I've ever had in my life, and I'm not just saying that. I'm talking about taste and texture-wise. You just can't beat it. Hero Bread has zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams sugar, and is high in fiber. And guess what? Now it's made with heart-healthy olive oil for an added boost of healthy fats as well. I'm telling you right now, I made a BLT with this, and it was freaking delicious. If I if I eat bread, this is the bread that I'm eating. You guys have to get this. I'm not just saying it's so freaking good you could do whatever you want with this type of st- I mean they even have burger breads right so if you want to make a, a fire ass burger they got like tortillas too for their if you if you eat breakfast burritos as much as I do dude money it's so freaking good it's hard to say which one of my favorite stuff is just because like if I'm gonna make a wrap or I'm gonna do any type of sandwich of any sort I'm gonna use hero bread because I get to eat without all the guilt and it's literally my favorite so, genius brain listeners, do not miss out on this. Make sure you get Hero Bread; you will not regret it. Hero Bread is offering ten percent off your order for their new recipe. Go to hero dot co and use code Genius Ten at checkout. That's G E N I U S
1: one zero at hero dot co. You know, it put, it put another thought in me. Um, I've been going back to church. Every, last, every weekend every weekend now every sunday crazy. from the i mean you because you know my story yeah but um i think going back to my home church and um you know because i i was hurt so bad by it right but then there was just like it's just people you yeah. know and this is their families and this is their community and it's it made me realize oh this is what i'm missing out on because i left here
0: in five four three oh god two <laughs> god damn it <laughs> one What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. We are back in the studio. We have Ed Park, VP here once again.
1: What's up? Um, yes, we haven't shot one since before New Year's. Yeah, it was like November or something. Like and that. you were in uh, Seattle? I did. Cold-ass cold ass Seattle? Holy shit. I flew in like during the ice storm. So we were like the last flight to come in. When getting there was a fucking bitch too, by the way, because um, that week— before Christmas, there was a s- snowstorm first. And so we couldn't get on a flight on Tuesday. So we had to go out on like a Thursday morning. But then all the flights from Burbank, LAX, um, and Ontario, I guess, down south yeah, east, yeah. is all booked. And they told us the only flights out were in— <laughs> Where the hell is uh, Coachella at again? Palm Springs. Palm Springs, Jesus Christ. We fucking man. drove three and a half hours to Palm, Palm Springs? Springs to catch a flight back to Seattle. We're, being, we're going home for the holidays, goddammit. That's crazy, dude. <laughs> we did it. And the flight was also delayed three hours. Is that you know.
0: is that that's the same time around the whole southwest debacle, right? Yes. Dude, yes. that shit was nuts. So for for me I drove back for Christmas instead because my mom wanted to give me a bunch of pantan. Yeah, yeah. So pantan is
2: Yeah, like you can carry
1: that on.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll get flagged so bad. Yeah. Like, what does so, it what smell? What the
1: fuck is that smell? It smells like a bomb. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a bomb of flavor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, um, and she wanted to give me a bunch of pantan, So it was me, my brother, and Mariel. We decided to drive down. And then uh, a bunch of my friends were like, Oh yeah, like I'm just gonna fly this way faster. Yeah, they got stuck in Sacramento till like the 31st of December. Oh my god. Yeah, because there was suck. all their Southwest flights were canceled. Yeah, and uh, they got the refund, but then they didn't want to spend money on another ticket, so they just stayed back further. For yeah. us, we just had like an hour delay on traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, because I decided to take the 99 instead of the five. Uh, people who took the took the five. So if you guys are not from California, uh, if you go from like Los Angeles to to the Bay Area, you could either take the Pacific Coast. For a certain The reason. scenic route. The scenic route, right, which adds like three or four hours. Yeah. Fucking dumb. And then <laughs> <laughs> you could take the five, which is like a straight shot for like yeah. 300 miles. And then you switch over to the 99. For us, we decided to take the 99 instead because I had a feeling the five was going to be super busy. And then every all my friends who went on the five. They got home like three or four hours later.
1: Good God. Yeah. That sucks. Cause that that road trip alone sucks. But if you're on a road trip and stuck in traffic, I can't fucking stand it. And
0: there's no exit. Yeah. So you're just the, the
1: closest exit
0: on the five is like ten miles away from each other every time. Oh, so it's it's literally the worst. But yeah. that Southwest flight fucked everybody over, and they said it was a huge debacle.
1: Well, we took Alaska, and it was yeah, like I said, the last one to get into Seattle before they closed all the runways because the, there was an ice storm came after. So when we landed, that was the roughest landing of my life. I literally, I realized I was grabbing the armrest super tight. Because it was snowing so much, right? Uh, yeah, and the tarmac had frozen over. Oh, fuck that. Yeah. But the thing is, we land, right? We land at midnight. Because of the ice and all the other planes couldn't leave the their fucking terminals, we were stuck on the tarmac for another two and a half hours. Get the fuck it out of here. It fucking sucked, And they dude. turned off all the air. Yeah. And I'm just we're just sitting there and you know, I think I just fell asleep but I woke up sweating. Yeah. It sucked ass. That that tar- I don't understand why they can't turn on the fucking air conditioner on the tarmac. Yeah, so, so we we land at two thirty in the morning, right? The rental cars fucking close at one AM. Oh my god. So Dan and I are just fucking sitting at the rental car stations, just nobody's there and nothing. So it's a holiday out. Christmas movie, yeah. dude. <laughs> We're yeah. gonna get home. I <laughs> swear. We we had a call um an Uber to take us to a motel six so we could just spend the night there. Oh my god, it must have smelled yeah. like fucking semen and fucking shame. It was pretty crusty, yeah. you know. But you know, and the next morning we leave. Holy shit, everything is covered in like an inch of ice. Everything, and then all the videos went viral of people slipping and sliding in Seattle. And that's literally what it was like. It was just I've never seen it like that before. That's so interesting because I didn't realize how everybody else got fucked too. What was the
0: reason for this crazy weather? Because if you're in Los Angeles, um, I know everybody makes this joke. It's like, oh, they finally get fucking rain and they freak out. No, this was a it shit. Was unreal. Ton- it was a shit ton of rain.
1: And it's not even it's, an, uh, it's not El Nino yeah. season either, right?
0: Yeah. So for people out there who get like consistent rain, like if you're in Houston, you're like, yeah. oh whatever. Los Angeles wasn't built for this type of rain. So the infrastructure here is just, just gets fucked. Like the freeway was flooded. Yeah. So it was, it was pretty fucking terrible. It rained for like three, four weeks straight. And it was— How long? It, it was a—I think it was like two weeks two straight. Weeks. Yeah. And it was like a
1: torrential downpour. Yeah. And for a city that's not built like that, people get fucked over. Do you know how much it fucking sucks to come back from Seattle? Where it's <laughs> raining and cold and snowy. To come to LA and it's fucking rain and <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like cold. Like, god damn it. Like, that fucking sucked. But it's part of the, I guess there was a huge Arctic chill coming from Alaska. Mm. That has to do with the cycle of um, the currents on the Pacific Ocean. So that's why the Northwest is so green. All that Arctic, you know, whatever, the air atmosphere comes down to Seattle and just becomes rain. And then it just dries up when it gets down to California. But then that shit, I don't know what the fuck the explanation is, but it came, went all the way down to Mexico. That's fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah, so that's dude. why everyone on the West Coast was getting this rain. But then it didn't go past the Rockies because that's just how, you know, that's just how all the time yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What did you do during Christmas? Dude, so I went to church, right? It's the first time I went back to my home church in like eight years. Which which is, was the the big mega the church? Big, it's well, it's not a mega church, but it's a big Korean church, right? Yeah. So the the our main sanctuary is like a dome kind of. I oh guess. shit! It's big. It fits like a thousand plus people. Oh, that's a big Korean church. Yeah. Shit. So it's it's the first Korean church in Washington State, and this last year was their fiftieth anniversary. So that's Damn. pretty old for a Korean American church. Yeah. You know. And so I get there like 10, 15 minutes late. And so there's no seats in the back, obviously, right? And I'm like, fuck, I guess I'm just going to chill out in the lobby. <laughs> and the usher's like, oh, come here. I'll, I'll catch you sick. And then I was like, all right, I'll follow him. But little did I know, it was at the way fucking front. <laughs> I hate that shit. Man. All the way in the front. And then it's just, I haven't been to this church in a long time. I just forgot how big it was. You know how lonely that walk is when you're walking. By the walk there, of so. shame. The yeah. walk of Christian shame. Oh, my gosh. So. Yeah, that was weird, but you know, it it put another thought in me. Um, I've been going back to church every last, every weekend, every weekend. No, oh, every Sunday. Crazy. from the. I mean, because you, you know my story, yeah. But um, I think going back to my home church and um, you know, because I I was hurt so bad by it, right? But then there's just like there's just people,
2: you yeah. know, and this
1: is their families and this is their community, and it's it made me realize, oh, this is what I'm missing out on because I left here and. It put something in me like, "Hey, okay, let me just try to find this again in LA," you know. And uh, I went to Citizens. It used to be called Sovereign Grace. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah <laughs> they, used to, they used to call it Sobering Grace actually, because everyone so, everybody was fucking dogs on so, Saturday. You know and up the church sobering Grace.
0: On you know Sunday. what's so funny about Korean churches in LA, and this is the one thing that I found out because. Okay, yeah, so I I went to uh you know a bunch of Korean churches in Sacramento, right? Yeah. But when you're in a small town, like your your church is, has also a small town vibes too. Yeah. And typically what I found from a lot of small town vibe churches, they don't deal with as much bullshit as like mega city churches, <laughs> right? Because I, I don't know what it is, but the faith seems to be stronger in smaller churches than uh-huh. it is in some of these bigger. So when I when I first came to LA, I went to a I'm not gonna say their name's but I went to a full, uh, couple of Korean churches. And everybody was blasted the next day because they would go out in K-Town, yeah. get fucking drunk, smoke, do whatever the fuck they want. But on Sunday, they would come through and they're all hung, hung over. Yeah. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is going on here? Like, I've never experienced that until I came to the churches in LA, which yeah. is a very, very interesting experience. Because yeah. like you would see people just trying to motherfucker. I know you ain't praying. <laughs> I, you are so fucking hung over. Like, I'm like looking at these guys like, damn, their faith is really strong. Yeah. <laughs> You've been praying super hard for 15 minutes. Wow, this is crazy. And I just see them just go, oh, my God, you guys are drunk, dude.
1: Dude, I mean, like, and that's one of those things that I'm coming through with, like, why I'm doing this. It's part of my deconstruction process. I really think it's part of my therapy, too, to redefine what church means to me because of that idea of a community, Right. That it's enough for drunk, hungover people to wanna to be a part of this, even though they're not so holy. Mm-hmm. You know, that there is something special about it. Now, i know where i stand in my beliefs you know and it's not like you know i'm turning my life back to jesus yeah i'm recommitting my life it's like <laughs> david will you baptize me <laughs>
0: on oh, this podcast he goes
1: so i'm going back to iraq yeah, i like no. no you're not you're not going back to iraq you're like, going to,
0: i'm gonna to go to ukraine yeah <laughs>
1: no like, that's the thing if i was still in that mindset jesus. i would for sure get on a flight to ukraine you oh, know? No, you would not i but would not, not there. allow it i would not allow yeah. it <laughs> I'm not there, which makes me think of all my friends back in that day, like, yo, why didn't you guys stop me?
0: <laughs> Go to Iraq, all your friends are just
1: <laughs> clap for you? No, honestly, it was like nobody, because of my mindset at the time, it was like nobody was going to stop me from doing that. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it a little like, like, look at the Italians and the Irish. A huge part of their culture is the Catholic Church. Yeah. Right? It's tied to who they are and despite all the the reputation that they have, right? Like we said too, like we could show up home over, like they show up to Mm -hmm. mass still, right? And you kind of wonder, like, what is it about this ancient way of thinking that you still want to be a part of? And I'm trying to reconnect with that too. Like, and it's the idea of a community, but that um, it's also a part of my identity. Like I can't deny that you you can call it my moral compass, It's still based from a Christian perspective, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I see that the Italian Americans, the Irish Americans, and I'm like, okay, I'm a Korean American, Presbyterian Protestant. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll just do it like that. I'll go to church. You know, this is a part of who I am. This is how I grew up. This is the things we did. And I'll sit here and I'll participate with that. You know, I don't take communion. You know, Um, I don't. You know, I'm not a uh, heavily involved in Bible study, obviously, <laughs> like, but I'm, I'm showing up because this is a part of who I am. I feel like that's how
0: I, uh, it's interesting because I went when I went back to Sacramento, that you bring this up? Because I talked to a few people who, uh, like Korean people that went to church mm-hmm. and then some people who went to church with me, they no longer go to church yeah. and they all went through this whole uh, identity crisis, right? Which is the idea of, do I just? Did I just go to church because my parents forced me to, or do I actually mm. believe in this stuff, mm. right? And the hardest part of I think about like having faith in anything is just you're going to have to battle. Honestly, it's like logic, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's a tough conversation to have with people because that that community part is one of the biggest reasons why I think any type of religion becomes very successful. Yeah, it is that human interaction, the the, the feeling of belonging, yeah, uh, the feeling of like being heard, which most religions that I believe anyways were for a lot of people who converted to Christianity that I met converted because of something that happened in their life that was terrible, mm. right? So whether it was a certain type of trauma, whether they, um, I don't know, went through a divorce and they lost everything. And then during this time, God came to them and saved them, yeah. right? Um, but there's people like us who just grew up in it, yeah. right? Where it was, it was ritualistic. Every Sunday, we would get dressed up and we would go to church. We would see our friends, whether we did bad things or not. But this was a part of our every day, yeah. right? And I think the hard part for me was because I, I haven't gone to church since pandemic. Yeah, um, Just because I don't want to catch COVID again. I mean, it's now to a point where COVID is pretty – it's really, really manageable. Yeah. Minus the people who are like immunocompromised, I mean, but that's with any type of virus or right. disease. But um, I just don't want to catch it again. But now I think, okay, I'm just going to – I think I should be fine now. I've caught the shit twice. I, I'm pretty <laughs> boosted. If I catch it again, I'll probably get sick, but I'm not going to die. Yeah. So um, I'm probably going to go back. But the the weird thing is like every time I go back to church, like I, I always dread it. And I think it's because when I was a kid, I was forced to wake up and go, yeah. right? You have to go. When it starts to become a choice is when it starts to feel a little different because mm-hmm. now you can make the conscious decision to be a part of this. Yeah. I think when I started going back to church, it just not only did it feel like familiar, It felt really good. Nice. And that's like a weird feeling, right? Because Mm -hmm. I wasn't forced to go. I woke up. I did my hair. I did everything. You know what I mean? And I went there and I sat down and I listened to this sermon and it made me feel better. Mm. So I was like, okay, whether it's something that I truly believe or not, something about this thing that I've had since I was a kid makes me feel good so I I think I'm going to stick with this yeah right for for new people who come to the religion I don't know what that feels like cuz it was a part of my everyday like it's a part of my nostalgia as a kid it's a part of my relationship with my parents right. if I give up this religion I give up more than just the religion I give up a huge part of my not just my identity but of my comfort yeah right um and how I participate I'm not doing small small group I'm not doing any of that stuff. I'm going there for the sermon, the good word, and it makes me feel
1: good, and then I walk out. Yeah. You know? You know, yeah, but the way we grew up, remember how they used to judge people who do that? Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you lukewarm?
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I spit you out! <laughs> That's fine.
1: Lukewarm look Christian.
0: I forgot. Bro, I've been calling that so much my whole life. Yeah. It's like, Duh. no lukewarm Christian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's like oh you either you're either hot for god or you're
1: cold yeah. you can't be lukewarm you know yeah, dude. <laughs> i
0: forgot about that oh
1: god but you Thrama. know but I, I guess because we're older now and we realize not everything is so black and white that i can be okay and ride in that gray area that i want to find peace there in the gray yeah. i found that me being so binary in my beliefs Like, this is it. This is Christianity. This is what you're supposed to do. is what ended (laughs) up with me going to Iraq, right? Yeah. But then I do need to find, look, there's a piece in the area right here where, you know, you are not in control, where you are giving it up, you know, to Jesus or God or whatever. Or literally, for me, it's accepting the positive parts of church because, you know me, for the last you know so many years um confession time i was shitting on christians so hard like Mm -hmm. fake ass christians yeah because i was angry Mm -hmm. and um i did it a lot like if i saw someone being a fucking hypocrite ooh, i'd call them out on it and i look back on it like i was i was a massive fucking dick as i did it do i apologize for doing it not I I apologize for the the tone in in the way I did it. Yeah, but I do believe that fake ass Christians should be called out for their hypocrisy. But I am now coming out of that to really be like, okay, um, where do I like fit in, and what can I contribute in a positive manner instead of trying to destroy Christians' faiths? Yeah, that was my that was my thing because like the most dangerous thing about. Someone who really knows the Bible and theology, right, is going to a Christian and deconstructing their faith, and literally telling them, "I do this like you're not actually a Christian, bro. If I'm going to hell, I'll see you there with me." Yeah, like I'd say that. Yeah, shit, yeah, yeah, you know. And so now I am like, look, if I know and I have this knowledge, like there's still a positive way in bringing this out to make help people be better people instead of just saying you're a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know, because even still. Like, that's not the gospel either, right? <laughs> it's fulfilling the redemption of your faith.
0: Yeah, I think the hard part about the hypocrisy thing is, you know, because, yeah, i definitely called people out on that stuff. Not because I was this ideal version of what a Christian is supposed to be or somebody who believes in the faith. Mm-hmm. It was just I would always chew out people that would be – it was a person who would condemn others when they're like, they're the piece of shit. <laughs> 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 yeah, it, it's like, talk – you're going to hell, bro. Yeah. Like you're going out of your way to make other people feel like shit because of their lukewarm faith. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, bro, I, I, you deal drugs. <laughs> 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 like, like the fuck, are you like, talking yeah. about, man? And you know, I don't know whether it's like a coping mechanism for them to make them feel better about them understanding they're doing something that's not Christ-like, so they have right, to so put it on the
1: church to get the brownie points. Mm-hmm. So hopefully. In Makes this dangerous better. lifestyle they live in, they'll make it a heaven. Yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, that's the gangster faith. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like one of the weirdest things too, I, I got this message from this guy. Uh...
0: Genius Brain listeners, this podcast is brought to you by Hero Bread. Listen, I've talked about Hero Bread a million times over and I'm telling you right now, they have some of the best guilt-free bread I've ever had in my life and I'm not – just saying that i'm talking about taste and texture wise you, you just can't beat it hero bread has zero to one grams of net carbs zero grams sugar and is high in fiber and guess what now it's made with heart healthy olive oil for an added boost of healthy fats as well i'm telling you right now i made a blt with this and it was freaking delicious if i if i eat bread this is the bread that I'm eating. You guys have to get this. I'm not just saying it's so freaking good. You could do whatever you want with this type of, stuff I mean, they even have burger breads, right? So if you want to make a, a fire ass burger, they got like tortillas too for their, if you if you eat breakfast burritos as much as I do, dude, money. It's so freaking good. It's hard to say which one of my favorite stuff is just because like, if I'm going to make a wrap or I'm going to do any type of sandwich of any sort, I'm going to use Hero Bread because I get to eat without all the guilt and it's literally my favorite. So genius brain listeners, do not miss out on this. Make sure you get Hero Bread. You will not regret it. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order for their new recipe. Go to hero.co and use code genius10 at checkout. That's G-E-N-I-U-S U S one zero. At hero.co. Hey, all, it's David So. And if you want to listen to Genius Brain without ads, now you can. Just go to geniusbrain.supercast.com or click the link in the episode description and you can get a one week preview of the ad free version for free. You'll get ad free listening to the show. You can listen on almost any podcasting app and you'll be supporting my show too. That's geniusbrain.supercast.com. Thanks. And I don't know if it's necessarily – I think it was just because of the – it's not the Christian faith part, but he did go to my church, right? And this was a guy that – he grew up in a nicer area, right? And there was these dudes that were like fake gangpers, like you know, Mm. fake gangsters, right? I grew up in a not-so-nice area. I was never a gangster. I've said this multiple times on the podcast. And most of the stories that I tell is like people that I grew up around that were older, right? Because I wasn't really involved in that stuff. I was just in the periphery right? This podcast is brought to you by Secret Society. If you guys don't know, this is a premium fashion basics line that I started with a few friends of mine five years ago, and we're going strong. So if you guys don't know about Secret Society, let me fill you in. Now, in a world where everybody and their mom is selling clothes, um, we are not the same. So when you guys buy clothes, you guys know that typically you'll have two options. Fast fashion is cheap, looks cheap feels cheap same cut same crap stitching and you know it's going to fall apart after a few washes i hate it or you can go to high-end fashion you pay an arm and a leg up to 200 to 300 dollars for a piece but you buy it for the namesake and on top of that there's a lot of those high-end brands that just use blanks with their logo slapped on it and you don't know but you still pay 300 dollars for it we are not fast fashion and we are not these other high-end brands a lot of pieces if not of majority arts are cut and sew garment dyed and hand-selected fabrics and every piece from old to new uh from previous lines goes with everything else that we have so premium fashion bases are not easy to make but we fill in that gap between the two options that clothing offers the new element collection has been restocked so check it out at secretsociety.com that's wwws and so but being in the periphery of people who like literally have like killed and murdered people, it's – you kind of absorb some of that stuff, right? To a certain extent. Yeah. And so there are these dudes at church who I know what area they grew up in. Very nice, right? And they had their version of what, what it was to be tough, mm-hmm. right? And then there was my shitty fucking area where these guys would eat these motherfuckers alive. Posers. <laughs> exactly. Fucking posers. Posers. And so this guy, I remember uh, one time at church, like I'm – you know, my dad's like a, a, a leader in the church. And, you know, he took it upon himself to always punk the younger Korean kids, which it was a rite of passage for a lot, but this guy was really excessive with it, right? <laughs> to the point where it was like a power thing. Yeah. And I just remember one time, um, uh, cause I was bigger, a, I was this size when I was 14. And so he was trying to punk me and I was just kind of playing nice and then, you know, church ended. I just remember I walked up to him and I shoved him against like these like curtains that separate the sanctuary. I was like, Mm -hmm. if you ever fucking touch me, I'll fucking murder you, dude. I'm like, this is church and my dad's like a leader in here, but I swear to God, if I meet you, I'll fucking murder you. (laughs) And so I remember this guy would always try to bully me and I just got sick of it because he also knows, like he and I grew up very differently. And I think he enjoyed being able to do that to me at church because nothing Mm -hmm. was going to happen to him. But I was like, dude, when church ends, I'll fucking kill you. dude. (laughs) Like I'll literally find like some of my older like homies and they'll fucking murder you. Yeah. Like, don't touch me. And it got to that point, but lo and behold, years ago I'm on YouTube and he messages me out of nowhere. He goes, yo man, I just wanna let you know I'm super proud of you, blah, 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 blah. I just wanna like reach out to you and say, hey, can you do like videos like on this subject of like bullying people? I'm like, <laughs> bro. I'm not even fucking making this about. I, I gotta find this on Facebook. I don't use Facebook anymore, but he DM me that shit on Facebook. And yeah. that triggered me super yeah. fucking hard. Yeah. And I just wrote back to him I was like, hey, you fucking hypocrite. I was like, if it's, if it's something that you're so passionate about because you feel guilty for the way you treated people at church, then you do your own fucking video. Don't put that shit on me. And also we're not friends. So don't fucking hit me up asking me about this shit without... Number one, you should probably apologize to me. Yeah. Right? Because I was like, you remember when I had to check you fucking hard as a 14-year-old and you're like this 18-year-old kid, right? <laughs> yeah. Like this little kid fucking punked you. So it's like, if you wanted to do that, you should do it yourself. And that was that, that type of hypocrisy I hated. It's like, do you think that all the shit that you did just erases? Yeah. Like it doesn't, it doesn't just disappear, yeah. you know? So that was the type of Christian that I hated a lot. It's mm-hmm. just, they... I don't know what it is. Maybe it's, like, them trying to, like, gaslight you and say, oh, I never did that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? It's like, no, I specifically remember you did. But I, I, that's the part of the faith I think a lot of people hate, right? Yeah. And I think those people are the ones that do the most damage. Like, you could participate in this faith and try to better yourself every day. But when you start feeling like you're in a position to lecture other people about, like, morality and piousness when you're not even at that position yeah, is the part that fucking kills me. Because right? yeah. it, it makes me want to just, I'll oh, fucking go, I'll see you there. You yeah, know?
1: no, for sure. Like, that's the shit that triggers me too. And it brings up the anger. Like, I had a lot of thought about, I'm going to say not thoughts as much as it's ruminations mm-hmm. <laughs> about my past and how to rectify the the hurt and the pain. But like massively, massively, it was about hypocrisy. And I was always fighting it with my words. Oh my God. So when the George Floyd stuff, and the BLM stuff was going down in 2020. Like, everyone's talking about it on social media. Mm-hmm. This one girl, she's Korean. Man, she wrote all these things about how she's a minority, so she knows, but the Bible's appointed Trump to be our president, and we should trust him, and that white people aren't racist, cops aren't racist, all these things that people didn't need to hear yeah what's, what's 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 going on with her? Right, and so she was talking about even, like, affirmative action shit, too, where it was like... Um, she was dating a, a wide receiver of the Seattle Seahawks at the time, but he's on the practice squad. Okay. And she's saying he can't make the team and play on Sundays because they put black people above white people. I'm like, hey. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, like, dude, like our receiving core was like fucking legit at the time. Like, okay. what are you fucking talking about? Do you think
0: a multi billion dollar company? gives a fuck about your race. Yeah. They give a fuck if you could perform. Yeah. And they give a fuck if you could bring in dollars.
1: Yo. Your boyfriend
0: sucks. All right?
1: <laughs> <Dude, laughs> that's what it means. That's what it fucking means. That's why means. he's there. It's not because of reverse racism <laughs> like she's claiming. If,
0: if there was any anybody that could say they don't see colors of sports teams, yeah. <laughs> then it's like, does he catch? Yeah. Is he fast? How long can I keep? Let me, let me just put it in perspective for people. When you're in, and I I know this only because I know people in the sport. When you are acquired from, like, let's say a bass, I only know this from basketball. Like from a basketball team, they assess you from head to toe, and they have people appointed to you to assess how what your longevity is. Yeah, they could based on like your tendon strength, how, like everything. It's kind of weird how scientific it is. And they yeah. go before they even pick up a player, they go, "Oh, he's talented now. He's fucking dope." And you might see some players where you're, how come they didn't pick him up? They got assessed. Yeah. They go, "Hmm." From what we've seen from him, most likely he'll probably be able to play maybe five years strong. So this is what we should that's pay That's what them.
1: they were saying about Andrew Bynum. And like the Lakers drafting him was a huge like blunder mm-hmm. because they knew those things before they drafted him. Exactly. Yeah. So it's
0: pretty I, – I wouldn't say there's no politics that's involved in it because once again, I'm not uh, an athlete. I don't know. And there's politics in everything. Yeah. But bitch, shut up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like shut up. Yeah. So it's like – Long story short, it was just me going off on her. Mm-hmm. I literally said, you're not a fucking Christian. Yeah. You don't know Jesus. And you're a racist. And by the way, racism is a sin. Yeah, you, know? <laughs> you don't fucking know. Yeah. You know, like, and, and I was just saying, like, it's this, the same thing. If I go to hell, I'll see you there. Yeah. You know? And then, do I look back and cringe at what I said? Honestly, no. Am yeah. I apologetic too? No. She said some heinous shit. Yeah, You know? And like
0: when people write those type of things, right? It's like objectively speaking, what is your end goal? What is your mission here? Right? It's like, oh, my mission is the truth. Is it though? Is it
1: are you trying to project that you think you know what you're talking about when you don't have a
0: goddamn clue? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, the whole weird thing about, you know, during that time of like BLM and you know, there there have been a lot of stuff, you know, obviously, you know, like shady underdealings, all this other stuff, but we'll we'll, we'll address that another. Yeah, as time. the organization. As the organization, yeah. right? Uh, the weird thing is, like, the people who had the most opinions about, whether it's, like, Asian or, like, let's say black people during BLM, was the people who have no black friends. <laughs> 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 like, yeah. Do you know Oh, I mean? like, uh, blackout. That was the weirdest thing. It's, like, so. Uh, on social so,
1: media, yeah. All so, that, yeah.
0: you you never had a conversation, really, with, like, another person, like, who who is a black American. Yeah. Never hung out with them. And, yeah, if I look at your school yearbook, there was nobody there. So, yeah. I, I, I had a conversation with the girl. Um, it was a friend of a friend, who I don't, I don't really know that well. But they, they're they're pretty pleasant, right? They're just a little fucking crazy and kooky. Well, they have very harsh stances on a lot of things. A lot of things for them are black and white, right? Yeah. Um, I had a two hour conversation with this girl, based on her opinions of like just black Americans, right? And what's going on? And I literally asked her this one question and you know, she was really receptive to this, right? And I was like, if I looked in your yearbook, right? And I opened up this yearbook of yours, how many black people are in there, right? Mm -hmm. And she goes, well, I didn't have a lot of black people. I was like, cool. Have you attended- do you even have black friends? She goes, yeah, I have one. And then she described, I was like, okay, first of all, you're Korean, and that black person is a Korea Like they <laughs> they idolize black like Korean culture. Yeah. And so their perception already. I was like, does that? I was like, let me ask you this: Where did you meet that black friend? Right? They're like, oh, they go to my church. I was like, who are their friends? They're all Korean. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So they might not be. It doesn't take away from them being a black American themselves, but their perspective is skewed because they want you to like them, right? Now, if I took you to my area, right, and I kicked it, and you kicked it with my friends, right, how uncomfortable would that make you feel? I was like, let me just put it like this. If somebody didn't – grow because oh, she grew up in Korea. If somebody didn't grow up in Korea, right, and they told you this is how Korean people are. They never had a Korean friend, never shared a Korean meal, never nothing, nothing else. Wouldn't that bother you, right? And I was like, yeah. how is it that you're doing the same thing? Mm. right and she Mm -hmm. goes okay I can I can understand that right and I think that's where a lot of people come from right where they don't have a perspective so and I've and I've said this a lot too where my perspective based on a lot of people is from my personal interactions with them right so like any culture too there's always going to be an outlier or there's going to be a certain amount of people that are going to fuck up your perception of who they are because a lot of my friends who are Asian right that I don't kick it with were also gang members yeah so is my perception of Asian culture based on these people? Yeah, or like, like, all
1: Asians are gangsters. <laughs> exactly. Right? Like, no. I right. not, no. And that was not a monolith.
0: Yeah, that was a weird conversation to
1: have, you know, yeah, with them. I mean, right. that attitude is, um, uh, well, that jumping-the-gun attitude. Yeah. To speak before you really know, let's mm-hmm. say. um, We saw it happen this past week. Um, There was tragedy, Um, you know, speaking on, we, we had our New Year's, and then we there's Lunar New Year's. Yeah. Um And... If you haven't heard the news, there was a shooting, um, and then after that, there was another shooting in San Mateo. Both, oh, for real? A- yeah, Asian Asians on Asians shooting each other, or shooting them. Yeah, mass shootings. And in San Mateo was another. It was a Asian man, like older man, who who shot up a mushroom farm. You know what the fuck? Yeah, no more
0: enoki mushrooms, and they yeah, fucking just sure. went off. Like what the oh, fuck? Man, what is yeah, that about? I have
1: No clue. But the. The thing that, like, took over Twitter for a while was all the boneheaded Asian-Americans speaking out when they heard the news of the shooting, blaming white supremacy. Yeah, 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 yeah. They jumped the gun and bl- blamed white supremacy. And we we talked about this, too, that vicarious PTSD. Yeah. That you, th- like, because of, you know, perhaps Atlanta or the past few years of, you know, the Asian hate crimes and such, You you couldn't sit and wait. And maybe thoughts and prayers for a sec, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just that, you know, before the news came out and everyone's just started blaming white supremacy. And that's fucking embarrassing for all of us. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so, like, the the attitude of us doing that, I what do I attribute that to? Narcissism? I don't know. It's, this idea to have to project something and say it out loud before you even know anything about it. Yeah, I know, Sibalu. But we yeah. have... <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, uh, a it's a thing it's a Twitter culture yeah, yeah. Um. but yeah the, the shootings like um, I don't know if you want to expand more on that it's,
0: yeah it's I mean that was such a week. weird I think that was the most like dis- disappointing thing right yeah. because when this happened and I'm being 100% honest I wasn't thinking about the ethnicity of the shooter mm-hmm. right I was like mm-hmm. what the fuck happened and this is so sad yeah but when you when you do go on Twitter and once again Twitter is a you shouldn't and, get your news there. Yeah. <laughs> any type of like social media app where, you've, where people can talk freely without any type of consequence whatsoever, then you're going to hear some heinous shit, right? And yeah. a lot of people too, they're going to project their own issues and trauma out, right? But the, you know, there was like stop Asian hate. Who the fuck was it? Was it white people? Was it black people? And you found out it was like a 72-year-old Asian man. Yeah. Everybody went dead silent. But you didn't even care to see how the victims were. What mm. the what the what the outcome was like? It was immediate outrage and trying to find somebody to pin this on, right? Yeah. That that didn't look like you, yeah. right? Um, but that's like the poison of what social media does, right? It it whether you think that you're so much above it or not. If you are on a social media app twenty four fucking seven, it molds your mind. Yeah, it, those those opinions that you read, even you could only ignore it for a certain extent, right? And that happens to me a lot too, where I have to step back and be like, okay. I think I'm getting kind of caught up in this bullshit because I've been seeing a lot of stuff. And, you know, so but basically what happened was uh, Lunar New Year. So if you guys go to like Alhambra, Monterey Park, the SGV, San Gabriel Valley, it's a heavily, heavily populated Asian area, specifically with uh, Chinese immigrants, yeah. uh, Taiwanese immigrants. So Lunar New Year there is a big fucking deal. Yeah. Um, when this happened, I think everybody assumed that it was a shooting that happened at the new Lunar New Year Festival and that people, Asian people were targeted because they were celebrating. Right. And that was the
1: immediate jump. Yeah. Right. Which I'll be honest. I thought that too. Um, but did you think it was white supremacy? No. Like, did you think our lives are in the hands of white supremacy? No, but know? that's like the hot ticket yeah, thing, right? It's yeah. just white supremacy, white supremacy. Yeah. And,
0: you know, people get caught up with these hot ticket words and they like to use it because they want the thumbs up and the, and the little Twitter likes. Right, right. So that's, that's what they're going to do it for. Everybody is motivated by this type of shit. There were content creators too. Like, I think this is the weird thing. Like that shit happened, Right. And then people sent me TikToks where people were like, this is what happened in Monterey Park. I'm like, listen to you, you heartless, heartless little fucks. Yeah. Like the first thing that you think about is, dude, this is going to be hot content. And breaking news. Exactly. And there's these people on their stupid little fucking iPhone mics, you know, hey guys, so Monterey Park is a, is a heavily, heavily populated thank you, heavily populated Asian <laughs> area. And yeah. uh, what we're going to do here, this it's like, dog. It happened like fucking 20 minutes ago. Yeah. Like how the fuck are you already doing a TikTok on this?
1: Get a fucking journalism degree, motherfucker.
0: <laughs> exactly. And so, but now it's not about whether the information is right. It's who can say it first. And it's these kids mm. who are just, you are becoming fucking heartless human beings. Out in Indiana. <laughs> it's just a weird thing to see, right? And so this gunman came through. Um, if you all don't know. Old Asian people, for some reason, love ballroom dancing. Yeah. salsa and ballroom dancing is their <laughs> shit. Yeah. like I've Mario's aunt uh, also does like salsa or like Zumba or ballroom yeah, dancing, yeah. Uh, and it's her fucking joy. I don't know what it is that once they get the pama going, you know, <laughs> they get a little older and they're like ballroom dancing. It is. Yeah. Um, uh, this older Asian man who apparently went to this ballroom. Right. He, he was a former dancer there. He was a former dancer there, so he goes there and he lights up this place. Ten people, uh, 10 people injured, 10 people murdered, half women, half men.
1: Semi-automatic weapon. Yes. With an extended clip. Both illegal in California. Who knows? I think it had a silencer on it because the barrel looked fucking huge. Really like long, A huge yeah. canister. Was it a Tech 9 or a Uzi? I, I don't remember, but it, it, it was- It was all illegal. It was all illegal shit. But it was like painted, like white and like camel colors. It was like, I mean, like what the- who? Did you steal your incel grandson's yeah. gun? Like, what the? F- where the fuck did you get this shit? I will say this, too, and I know this is a
0: very serious subject, but shout-outs to Asian people aging really well because they said it was a 50-year-old man. This guy was yeah, 72. 72. <laughs> they They're like, it was a 50- or 40-year-old man, and they're like, no, 72. Yeah. We age really fucking well, dude. Um, Despite being a fucking murderer, I'm glad you're dead, but... I'm glad you uh, have a really good skincare regimen. Yeah. And so this guy <laughs> fucking lights this place up, tries to go to another ballroom area, and tries yeah. to... Go. And so there was a guy... I, Brandon Say? Brandon Say, I believe. Yeah. Robin, can you double check that? The the guy who stopped the gunman? The hero. The hero.
2: Yeah, I'll look up his name.
0: Yes, please. Um, there was a young man who, by the way, I would have never expected him Damn. to step in and save, Damn. save the day, right? Because yeah. he looks like a very quiet, normal looking asian dude Mm -hmm. and not to say that all asian dudes are quiet but he looks like the type that you know honestly he's just a really sweet guy yeah yeah, (laughs) you know i would expect some some i don't know some burly loud mouth asian dude because i was hearing his interview and he was super calm Mm -hmm. and i maybe that's why he was able to stop him because he can assess situations really well because for sure if i saw i think my um confirmation bias or um would have just kicked in and if i saw an asian guy with a gun i would just been like good morning and i would have walked out like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i wouldn't have been able to process it yeah. right because who expects a 70 year old 72 year old asian guy to walk in with yeah. a semi-automatic weapon yeah and
1: you're thinking oh that's real yeah now that you say that way like i would be like huh that's an odd sight but mm-hmm. then my mind would probably be to mind my business but damn this guy was on his toes he wrestled the gun out of his hand and th- that's how we saw what kind of gun he was using
0: yeah what was his name
2: um, I'm gonna butcher the last name, but it was Brandon, and the last name was spelled T-S-A-Y. Sai, Sai, Sai. And then, um, I looked up the type of gun, and it was a semi-automatic pistol with an extended large capacity magazine.
1: Illegal-illegal. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, the, the, I, I, I mean, because he's a hero, like, I don't want to take anything away from him, but then, um. He just like snatched the gun and like was like get out of oh, here. Get out of here. Yeah. Go away. Sh- 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 and I was sh- like
2: how am I dude?
1: I mean like yeah, why didn't apprehend him? I don't I don't know. Maybe,
0: maybe because he something. sees like an old Asian man yeah. and He's just like oh that could, you know the shock the shock know, or something cuz <laughs> I, I I was <laughs> saying maybe the smoke shop kid could have been there. I know. <laughs> he was like let me tell you what I would've done. I would've yeah. stabbed this guy 76 times. That's when we will call you. <laughs> That's when we call you, right? This yeah. guy has a fucking gun. Yeah. And he's out to murder people. But um Like, the weirdest thing, like, I don't know. And, you know, I I want people to understand this, too. When we talk about these situations or when anybody talks about this, right, everybody likes to speak with a certain amount of bravado. They go, in this situation, this is what I would have done. Mm -hmm. I can only say that in certain things where I've been in that situation. So when we talked about that that kid out in Vegas, because I've been in those situations, I had a pretty clear idea of what I would have done because I have done it, right, multiple times. So... In this situation, I always say this, and it's a really smart thing to hear. Well, I heard it from somebody else where they say the, the oddest thing about this is like people with the most limited amount of experience always says that, says that they're in a situation with the best version of themselves. Mm. Like <laughs> this is what I would have done. Yeah, in your superhero mind. Yeah. I've talked about me having a gun pulled on me, and in my mind, I fucking somersaulted out the way. I got my gun, and I went pew, 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 pew. Yeah. I froze. <laughs> I just went oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, you don't know. You don't know. Like, we're always the best version of ourselves. Yeah. All the time. In that situation, I'm pretty sure that I probably would have got killed because mm. I would never in my mind picture a 72 year old Asian man with an illegal automatic pistol with an extended clip coming in. Yeah. I would have just looked at it and been like, oh, he has a toy. Yeah. Have a good day. <laughs> and I would have walked
1: out. Yeah. Like, uh, maybe he's buying it for his grandkids or something. Like, the thing he got away from. I guess wherever he was, and he they, there was a, a man search for this guy, right? And then they ended up finding his body in an old folks home, right, where he lived. I guess in his car, he shot himself in the head, like in a white in a white van or something. Yeah. Like that, right. Um, I guess the car had more weapons and stuff or something, but
0: this the shitty thing is, is like it sucks that he gets to take his life yeah. because he doesn't get to pay for what he's done, yeah. right? And he got to go out his own way. He got to do his own thing, leave it, Leave this earth the way that he wanted to, which is fucking unfair. Yeah. When I look at that situation, and on top of that, we don't even get to know his motive. We don't get to know why. There's mm-hmm. no... The uncertainty is what people feel really uncomfortable
1: with, right? I would say it's the injustice. Yeah. Because now there will be no justice because he is a fucking coward.
0: Yeah. You know? The, like I was reading um, a bunch of people who were victims, and there was like this old lady who you know has been dancing there for years, and then she lost her life. Like this, this is like this is so sad. And now, now we have that topic of gun control coming back up again, mm-hmm. and I don't know what the solution is, right? Yeah, and it's so hard to say for somebody like me who, number one, I don't like guns, yeah, right, but I also have to think about things in a realistic standpoint of, you will never ever take the guns from American hands. You can't, like you, you absolutely cannot. Yeah. Uh, No matter how much we want it, it's just there. Like once again, the gun that he killed these people with was illegal. It wasn't through legal means. So the idea that he was able to get this modified weapon or if he modified it himself, it was all through illegal means, which is going to happen either way, right? And I think that's like a reality that a lot of people have a hard time grasping, right? Yeah. Especially for a lot of people who don't know guns, who aren't around guns, who haven't been around people with guns. Growing up, you think every single one of my friends who had a gun – well, they're not really friends. But the people that I grew up around had guns. Do you think they were grabbed through illegal means? They were all fucking illegal and they mm. had crazy shit on them. Mm. So – I don't know what the general solution. Are we just
1: fucked? Yeah. I mean, like, uh, we were having dinner that night. It happened. Um, Mariel's <laughs> friends came from Korea, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then during dinner, we we were talking about the shooting. And then that's so why I was curious about their position because, like, they're visiting America, right? Like, I was like, this is, this is probably, like, your first time, like, experiencing this, like, being within a vicinity, like, yeah. 10, 15 miles from it. You know, and I think she was saying like how her, her friends were texting her, like "Are you okay?" Yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. And it's like, it was interesting to see the perspective of someone from another country to be like, to see us. Be, I don't know if we're, not, we're apathetic, but we're just like, damn, again? another one, yeah, yeah, again.
0: We um. So I was having, so I shot at J.K. News, yeah. and then we went to go eat at a Sichuan spot, and that shooting happened. I think like a couple blocks when we were eating, Shit. and we were outside. Uh, talking outside when it happened oh my god but you know we, we didn't hear anything mm-hmm. and then when I got home Joe texted me saying dude this happened like a couple blocks from where we were standing outside so like we could have died Yeah, and we yeah. don't know these things and then you know my mom calls me too and then she's like super fucking worried she goes are you okay what happened and, you know, I fucked around, and I was like, I died. You know? <laughs> <laughs> she hates it when I joke like yeah. that. And I was like, I basically told her, I was like, I'm not going to die. I'll never die. You know, which joking around makes her feel better, but that's a concern my mom had, where she's just like, oh, shit. Like, I know that he goes out in that area a lot, and I actually was literally there.
1: Yeah,
0: And, you know, we that's a very scary and sobering feeling where every time I've heard of a massacre, it was never this close. Mm-hmm. It was somewhere else. It was in Vegas. It was, yeah. I don't know, fucking Virginia. Mm-hmm. But, um, I've heard from, uh, cop, uh, cop buddies who told me that, um, there are so many shootings that happen. Like you just are fortunate. You only get to hear the few that are on the Make news. Makes the news. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that prevalent where mm-hmm. people are getting shot and killed every day. There was a time where I was uh, shooting, um, this content with this group of people and it was in a building off on Sunset and in front of me, there was a Carl's Jr. where there was cops all around. Well, there was a guy on like a dude on a bike that was stabbing people. And then he went into the Carl's Jr. to stab people up and then he came out and then he got shot.
1: Yeah.
0: That didn't make the news. Holy fuck. I was right there. It didn't make the fucking news. And that was like one of like a million, like a hundred things that happened that day. So something bigger probably happened. So it wasn't covered, which is kind of nuts. Or maybe somebody wrote a small article about it. But to me, I'm thinking, yo, this is going to be huge on the news. Didn't hear a fucking, nobody heard about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I was in, when I was in Iraq, um, I made friends with a a translator with the Marines and um, he was in the thick of it in Mosul, you know? And when he would, he was our guide all around Erbil and, he was a guy whose sister died in a car bomb and then a week later his fiance was killed in a car bomb, you know, so he hates terrorists. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, we had a really great relationship for a couple months and then he had to go out on this mission to Mosul. And we were sitting around the living room in the home we're staying at and then it's BBC News and it's like, boom, breaking news. Um, an IED, a car bomb, like something just has exploded and has killed five American soldiers, right, and on BBC news. Um, and we're just getting reports, da, 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 and we're like, holy shit. So we, we try to call our friend. He's not picking up. And then, like, 15 minutes later, he calls us. And, re- and then he's like, it's so crazy. You're calling me right now. And he's like, we know. We saw it on the news. He's like, yes, a bomb just blew up. And then I said, yeah, we heard five American soldiers die. And he's like, what? What the fuck? What are you talking about? And he's like, that's what the news says. The news Just say five American soldiers died. And he said, there's 200 dead people, men, women, and children. And the news wanted to say five American soldiers died. Oh, wow. And he was fucking pissed. Yeah. And and so I I, I get that, that the idea of this injustice that's happening, like, this is what's happening to our people. And you guys don't care about us. You care about you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? and in the same manner like perhaps that's what's happening when we are reacting that way and we jump do we care about what happened to the victims and the families do we care about us so we blame white supremacy yeah
0: yeah 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 you know what i'm saying it's such a terrible conversation to have like i don't know like i i think it hit home for a lot of like our friends who kind of grew up in this area you know, who grew up in, the, like, the SGV. Yeah. Like, the way they were affected by it was way different from me. It's home. Right? It's home. This home. is home. Like, yeah. they've seen this Lunar New Year Festival happen every year growing up for them, right? Their friends, their families, everybody celebrates it here. So, for me, like, it, you know, it hit me like any other tragedy. But when I was reading, like, the the post that other people were writing, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, this hits them really close to yeah. home. yeah. Because it could have been any of their parents, it could have been their friends and family. It makes them hug hug their you know loved ones a little tighter that day. But man, dude, like I've it was weird. I'm not gonna lie, it was weird seeing that person being Asian.
1: Yeah, as weird, right? It was kind of like what the fuck. Like, I mean, when's the when's the last one? Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. Yeah, and that was a shock too. Like, oh
0: fuck! But we knew you know? his motivation and reasons. Yeah, and I think not things that that's super comforting, but it is comforting more comforting knowing the person's motive yeah. to, to, to kind of like help us understand our feelings, Because right? we're like, why?
1: Why? Why would such a thing happen, you know? I mean, and when this guy fucking shoots himself and there's nothing, it's just we live in this trauma and tragedy. Yeah. And now it's going to take a long time for a lot of people to recover from things like this.
0: Because that Virginia Tech kid, he was, he was a victim of bullying, right? Yeah, all sorts of... And he I had like mean, mental issues and mental stuff issues, too. Yeah but um, like hearing that I remember there was an onslaught of like we need to stop bullying people because it's causing them to you know do crazy shit like they're they're gaining a lot of trauma yeah. and that was a positive movement that happened from that mm-hmm. because there was I mean listen like I remember when that video came out everybody was looking at me they're like you a Virginia Tech <laughs> it sucked to be Korean I'll tell you that yeah. you know and then he took these fucking weird
1: ass little photos with a hammer like this yeah and shit. cause he was the old boy mm-hmm. man, cause that's the movie poster and he's like yeah oh you so weirdo fucking like, weird. you're not supposed to like that guy you're exactly fucked up
0: You know? like the one you're supposed to hate <laughs> yeah it was it, yeah man like um i think this is like a really uh, they, they're actually giving i forgot who was doing this but i saw a post but somebody was giving out free therapy shit, yeah. sessions. which is really really dope and yeah. you'll be surprised how a lot of people feel like oh it's nothing um but later on like these emotions and feelings starts to creep out mm-hmm. creep out later because you're not dealing with what's something that you just experienced because yeah. when i was um it's <laughs> interesting so years ago when uh, Tim and I were doing Send Foods and uh, we were doing with Thrillist they were gonna sell, send us to the Gilroy uh, Garlic Festival and it was the same day that it was Gina's birthday Yeah. so we decided okay we said that we're gonna go to Gina's birthday so let's just go to Gina's birthday and we'll reschedule for a different shoot so we blocked that day out that day there was a shooting at the Gilroy Garlic Festival she yeah so we could've died yeah so there was like a fucking shooter that was on site and he was shooting so, people up yeah thank god Gina was born I know. Thank God for Gina and those big old sweet titties, huh? <laughs> those tig old bitties. Those tig old bitties, dude. <laughs> Blessed D D. Blessed D-D. those fucking double D. Saved yeah, me, yeah.
1: dude. Amen. But we um, yeah. <laughs> like, like your your brain could have said, make that money and go, go <laughs> to the festival. Your dick said, <laughs> let's go to this birthday party. Let's go to this birthday party, right? <laughs> but um, it was yeah. That was yeah. that was a sobering. Idea I mean, fact too. So th- the news was. Governor Gavin Newsom, uh, ca- Sacramento is the capital, correct? So yes. So that's where he's at. He flew down to uh, LA, came to SGV or uh, Monterey Park, to speak to the people in the community. And as he was speaking, another shooting happened up north. That's crazy. And it was another old Asian American. I don't want to say Asian American. I don't know his status, but just an older Asian man who shot other Asian farm workers at a mushroom and farm. And nobody knows why? He and was I killed. Apparently, I think apparently, yeah, I think he was killed. I have no idea like what the motives are, but then, I think it's just the the tragedy on top of the other tragedy. It's like who, I don't know, like this man up north. It seems like it's not because oh he heard a shooting now I'm gonna do my thing. I felt like once it came out another Asian man did it. He's like you know what fucking I'm gonna do it. Mm-mm-mm. That's the feeling I get.
0: You y- know, people were talking about this too, where. You know the news has a certain amount of responsibility for highlighting th- these yeah. things because they're saying that it's it could be a possible incentive or trigger something in somebody else to yeah. react the way because there's people who just want notoriety.
1: Yeah,
0: they they want to be infamous, mm. so they'll see that and they go, "Oh, well now it's my turn." They'll write their manifesto, and um, there's a big conversation with that with the Netflix documentaries glorifying serial killers, uh, where people are having issues with it. Specifically with the Jeffrey Dahmer one that came yeah. out,
1: uh, I couldn't watch the Jeffrey Dahmer thing because I yeah. I read too much about it. It's like I already read his Wikipedia one day when I was bored. It's like I don't think I want to watch that happen. That's what happened yeah. to me. So I read up about him pretty. Like, pretty extensively.
2: Yeah. And
0: then when I, I was like, cool, I'm going to watch it. I watched it, and that made me sick. Yeah. And it's very hard to make me sick watching something, but only because the stuff that I watch is fictitious. Mm. This is real. Real, It happened. It was a, such an odd thing to see. And especially because, like, I think, like, the, the part that kind of was very unsettling, and I know this happened in the past, but just hearing about it upset me was when that young kid, um, it was the Cambodian, Cambodian kid. kid. This guy got a fucking lobotomized. He's yeah. butt naked, screaming, and then the cops come in and they tell the lady who's like screaming at him, like, "Look, I weird shit's going on across the street." Tells her to shut the fuck up, stop causing trouble. Yeah, takes that kid and sends him right back. Yeah, and it was. You know, this is the time where you could say there was a lot of racial injustice, yeah. you know, and that was like one of the biggest things that happened, like in the news is like the reason why these people died is because the cops failed to do their job because they looked at the black community. Like they didn't care about dark skinned people. They didn't give a fuck about him. Yeah. And that's the part that fucked me up really hard. And um, that first scene, too, of him just trying to like sexually assault and rape that young black man. Mm. It was so visceral and real. And it was worse than what I pictured in my head. Yeah, 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 and I think that's what, after the first episode. I was like, I can't watch this now. Yeah. This is too real. If this was a fictitious story, I'd be able to stomach it and be like, okay, this this director and writer really got to the head of the psychopath. But knowing that that was a real person, yeah. I'm like, eh, I
1: can't do this. Like, that's the thing about I don't know if you want to call it trauma porn, but perhaps it is. Oh, for what sure, draws people to want to watch that because I mean, people as of late have become obsessed with true crime. Right. Mm-hmm. And I I think that might be the attachment to it, but it is, I feel like, degenerating us. <laughs> I think that kind of shit isn't good for us. Like it, he was almost out of American consciousness. Yeah. You know. And probably that I felt like maybe that was like them thinking that's a good time to bring this shit up. Mm-hmm. You know, because it was it's been fifty years.
0: Well, look at the um the creator of Black Mirror. He hasn't done a new season because mm-hmm. I, I think he put out a statement saying that it was he or she, I can't remember. But Saying that this is so real to what's happening right now, and the world has so much like trauma and like darkness. Yeah, I don't think we need this. Yeah, and so that's when they're like, Okay, time for this Jeffrey Dahmer one. Yeah, <laughs> you know? so it Shit. filled that hole. Yeah. Pe- people like that too, and people talk about how um, you will definitely bond over negative and traumatic situations rest- rather than happiness. Yeah, people almost prefer it, right? That's why you see on online talking shit is way better than spreading like positivity oh, yeah. and love. Yeah. Right? People bond with that stuff and it's it's a pretty
1: empty bond, you yeah. know. I think um for us, I guess as a society or whatever, like there has to be some kind of reckoning <laughs> with like like that's the thing. We do need a Black Mirror, mm-hmm. quote unquote. And perhaps like uh that that's what those shows like Black Mirror and like The Twilight Zone and The Outer Limits Those shows were to show us hypotheticals about us as human beings and the situations we're in. That's why, like, I feel like those shows would be important today. But then, um, but in a sense, like, one TV show can't do this, do that for us. (laughs) For, like, how many Americans are there now? 350 million? Yeah. Right? Like, to change an entire culture or anything like that. Especially because you can't make any laws, Mm -hmm. like, uh, to prevent such things or to force people to do anything at all, um, as far as your own personal thought goes. But then uh, for, for us, we do have to look at ourselves to be like why we enjoy certain things and why we are entertained, you know? And also uh, where we stand like when people get hurt, you know? And where, where our empathy goes.
2: If I could interject as a fan of true crime, but I also recognize the problem with the entertainment aspect of it today, there's a side of it as a woman where it's taught me a lot of tips and tricks on how to be aware of my surroundings and stay safe and what to do in instances like that. Mm. But with the whole um, the murder of the four students in Idaho and everything that was going on with that, a lot of people online were like deciding that the roommates that survived were, should be suspects and like torturing these poor survivors. And now a lot of those Internet people who are talking about that are actually being sued. Mm -hmm. Now that a suspect is in custody and things are kind of calming down and it's just such an interesting thought to think that like there's a weird I don't know like people think they have a right to comment on those things when it's just like you can just be a silent observer and respectful of family. It's like a weird blurry area, but yeah, it's it was just, fascinating. It's,
0: it's, it's content creation now, right? So yeah. people are almost waiting for some shit to happen so they have content to talk about, right?
1: It's an expression of their obsession.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, I, if they wanted to do another Black Mirror season, they could make that happen pretty easy over mm. just the shit that's happening right now. Yeah. And like the stuff that they kind of relatively predicted, like for example, the... Uh, there was the episode of Black Mirror where they had the rating system, right? Mm -hmm. And that happened in China. They have a fucking rating system.
1: Dude, have you seen the rules? Like, there's a poster of like what earns you social points and what like loses social points. It's so fascinating. We will bring that up another time. Okay, for sure. Um, Well, guys, that actually wraps this episode of the Genius
0: Brain podcast. Um... If you guys uh, want us to talk about some other specific subjects, write in the comments below. You can follow Ed at Ed Park VP uh, yep. on Instagram.
1: Uh, are you doing your podcast again? Yes. I. This Sunday, I'm going to put up a Toy Story 4 uh, breakdown. There we yeah. go. So you could check out uh, Ed's podcast
0: um, uh, Bible Study at Momo. Bible Study at Momo. Uh, Genius Print every Sunday at 12 p.m. And we'll see you all next time. All right. Peace. Peace. Genius Brain listeners, this podcast is brought to you by Hero Bread. Listen, I've talked about Hero Bread a million times over. And I'm telling you right now, they have some of the best guilt-free bread I've ever had in my life. And I'm not just saying that. I'm talking about taste and texture-wise, you, you just can't beat it. Hero bread has zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams sugar, and is high in fiber. And guess what? Now it's made with heart-healthy olive oil for an added boost of healthy fats as well. I'm telling you right now, I made a BLT with this, and it was freaking delicious. If I if I eat bread, this is the bread that I'm eating. You guys have to get this. I'm not just saying. It's so. Freaking good! You could do whatever you want with this type of. St- I mean, they even have burger breads, right? So if you want to make a, a fire ass burger, they got like tortillas too for their. If you if you eat breakfast burrito as much as I do, dude, money. It's so freaking good. It's hard to say which one of my favorite stuff is, just because like, if I'm gonna make a wrap or I'm gonna do any type of sandwich of any sort, I'm gonna use hero bread because I get to eat without all the guilt, and it's literally my favorite. So genius brain listeners, do not miss out on this. Make sure you get Hero Bread. You will not regret it. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order for their new recipe. Go to hero.co and use code genius10 at checkout. That's G-E-N-I-U-S 1-0 at hero.co.